There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy. Dunkin' Donuts just launched their first ever breakfast tacos. Yeah, and if you order that with a coffee, it's like adding Mentos to Diet Coke. Officials in California recently responded after a truck overturned and spilled a load of 10,000 empty wine bottles onto the road. They hadn't seen that many empty wine bottles since week two of COVID lockdown. (laughs) Red Bull sales are up thanks to the return of parties, exercise, and people working in the office. It's weird. It's like we're finally healthy enough to be unhealthy again. (laughs) Of course, Red Bull gives you wings, which is why today Spirit Airlines was pouring it all over their planes. An 80-year-old woman in Canada recently received the Guinness World Record for most blood donated. Said the woman, I'm 26. (laughs) All right, so if you're a certain age, this is going to make you feel really old. Nintendo's Mario Brothers franchise is 40 years old today, and the original arcade game came out What, in 1983 in the famous at-home NES game, Super Mario Brothers debuted in 1985. The reason I bring this up, next Friday, the Super Mario Brothers movie hits theaters. So someone conducted a survey asking thousands of fans for their favorite character in the Mario universe. And the top two were Luigi and... Mario. No! No! The, the princess. Princess Peach. Mario was snubbed. Yoshi. Oh, the um, little dinosaur man? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I think that's who he is. He looks like the little gecko. So Yoshi was number one, followed by Luigi, then Mario. Luigi's fun because I always, we never were allowed to have a Nintendo growing up. Because my dad said it warped your brain, so he wouldn't let us have one. But when we would go to other people's houses and actually get to play Mario Kart, I always enjoyed being Luigi because he would go, (laughs) when he would jump and stuff. Is there any science behind video games warping our brains? Like, if we come to a conclusion on that, other than, like... I didn't play a lot of them, and my brain is warped, so... (laughs) Just putting that out there. No, I had a study. Was it last year? I think we talked about it on the hot list, and it was talking about how certain video games actually make your kids better at socializing because they're doing so much talking online with other kids that they actually are taking 
the social skills they're learning via video games and using them in the real world. And what about improving motor skills, too? I yeah, mean, oh, I'm probably sure. Part of it, yeah. And I, I could see where a parent would be like, you know what, you need to get outside just yeah. for a little while. Maybe mm-hmm. take a break from the screen. Well, and if my kid has too much screen time, I can see it in her mood. Like, she gets cranky or just kind of is like zoned. Wow. Yeah. So I actually still, I mean, she's still young, but I still regulate her screen time. Like tw- like she gets a little bit in the morning before school, kind of like when she's getting ready and Scott's finishing getting ready for work. And then after school, she gets 20 to 30 minutes and that's hmm. it. Uh, I'll run it down the list here real quick. Uh, Toad was number four, followed by Bowser Jr. Bowser, Princess Peach. There you go. Number seven, Princess Peach. Uh, how do you pronounce this? Kamek? Kamek? Yeah. Number eight. Uh, Waluigi and Donkey Kong rounding out the top 10. Uh, you know, it's back to like video, video games here for a second. There was a, so years ago, Fritch and I took like an inside sort of behind the scenes, uh, backstage access kind of tour of CVG where we went into all the restricted areas. We got to see like how the baggage system works from, from the guts of the airport and, and like the, the control tower, the ground control tower. And, you know, we were told at the time that air traffic controllers, which I think have probably the toughest job in keeping everyone in the air safe. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they have a need for air traffic controllers, especially with the incidents that they have lately in the near uh-huh. misses. You know, part of the issue is staffing. And so typically when they look for new air traffic controllers, they intentionally look for people with no experience, zero experience, because they don't want them to have any preconceived notions. Any experience that would be helpful at the time, as was described to me, was someone who's really good at video games. Mm-hmm. That because makes sense. A, a well, lot of those motor skills this, are used. Yeah, and look at the screen and seeing all the blips and everything would make more sense to you than someone like me that never has played any anything like that. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. That it was, was Joe. Yeah, it was fun. I remember. God rest his soul. Um, well, yesterday, Swifties were absolutely losing their mind because Nicki Minaj took to Twitter and she started tweeting. Her first tweet said, I should not be left to my own vices. And everybody's like, oh, is this from a Taylor Swift song? And then she tweeted again. And her second tweet said, it must be exhausting always rooting for the antihero, which is a direct line from her song, Antihero. She's quoting Taylor Swift. Yes. So everyone now is assuming that there is going to be an antihero collab between Nicki Minaj and Taylor Swift. That we're going to see some sort of like fun remix. Okay. I'm ready. Let's do it. Are Swifties happy about Something's this? Something's going to jazz up. Of course, they're, if anything's good. positive like right. that, I mean, of course. Taylor has trained her Swifties to look for everything hidden meetings in anything. And sometimes yes. that plays out and sometimes it is a big old... Well, and that album, I mean, most, not all of the songs, but of the 36 songs or however many there are, most of them are kind of the same vibe as like Lavender Haze, Antihero. There's like one or two that are a little more upbeat, but it would be fun for her to put a little more new life into her music. So when you go to a Taylor Swift show and and you see just the overall production value Mm -hmm. of a Taylor Swift show, I want you to give a little credit to a rock band 40 years ago. In fact, I think today, yeah, music history was made on this date 40 years ago. Journey 
brought the giant screen to the concert experience. Oh, really? 40 years ago tonight. Like the, the big mega screens yes. in the back and stuff? 40 wow. years ago tonight, they opened their Frontiers tour in Seattle. Journey was the first artist to include multi-cameras and a giant screen. And Thank you, Journey. Is that yeah. so we can see Jonathan Cain's goatee up on the big screen playing and the keys? That's, that's when they raised the bar. Journey made every show with full production package intact, including a huge video screen over the stage and five cameras to televise close-ups to the audience, making every seat the best seat in the house. Yeah, that's a clip from a documentary on YouTube that basically takes you on the road with the band at the height of their fame. And uh, by the way, I don't know if you've recognized the voice. That was the uh, NFL Films narrator, John Facenda. <laughs> okay. Anyway, somehow uh, NFL Films produced the Journey documentary. Uh, and Giant Screens uh, had been featured at previous concert, but concerts, but not an entire tour. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, so, what a neat experience. Anyway. Now everyone's got them. Yeah. Now oh, everyone's got them. Yes, like now the entire stage, when we went to see Adele in Vegas, her entire stage was a giant video board. Right. Of her kind of like either walking on stage or going through the crowd. I mean, it's just massive. And over the past 40 years, artists have kind of one-upped each other and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of taken video it to that production. next level. But but Journey is responsible for oh, kind of starting look at that. that. How right. exciting. Yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah. Huh? yeah. All right, a little bit of sad news. AJ McLean, who is a Backstreet Boy, he is uh, going to get divorced from his wife. We're hearing that they are temporarily separated. They've been married for a long time, they haven't they? have been. And they've been through a lot together because he's been, you know, in and out of rehab and things like that. Um, and yesterday, Tim, you and I had this story about Harry Styles making out with Emily <laughs> Ratajkowski. Not quite. And now we're hearing that these two actually were just kind of like... Drunk, hanging out, being together, and now she's apologizing hmm. to Olivia Wilde and asking for forgiveness for making out with Harry. Oh. Yeah, because, you know, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles had a little mm -hmm. right. rendezvous there for like a year or so. Okay. And I don't know how fans are going to take this, if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, anybody, you know, who listens to the music we play on Q102 would probably agree that the guitar is not as prevalent in mainstream music as it once was. I mean, it's there. It exists. It's just not as prevalent as it used to be. Uh, but the guitarist for U2, The Edge, says he, he kind of wants to kickstart a resurgence of guitars. Uh, he was being interviewed by Mojo Magazine, and he said that he really thinks that the, the pendulum is going to start swinging the other way and that guitars will start becoming more popular than since samples and computer-generated sounds. He says there's kind of been a drift away from that instrument in recent years. But uh, Fender, I guess, is selling more guitars than they ever had before. And they're ready for it. In fact, Bono recently said that the next U2 album is going to be kind of a noisy, uncompromising, even unreasonable guitar album. I think that's pretty cool. You know, both of our nephews um, are, let's see, <clears throat> Scott and I have twin nephews, Brandon and Bailey. They're getting ready to turn 16. And they both requested guitars for Christmas last year. See, there you go. And they, like, have an amp. And the one has really taken to it very much. Like, he does, like, little videos and stuff now on YouTube or Facebook. Yeah. And he's pre he's pretty good at replaying some of, like, Metallica hits or, like, Nirvana 
Yeah. So maybe it's going to be like a grunge rock Everything, back. Everything's cyclical, right? Right. Yeah. Do. All things. Okay, that's your latest D-News. We have more for you coming up after 7 o'clock. In the meantime, straight ahead, we got three headlines for you. Two of those headlines are fake. One headline is real. If you guess the real headline, we're going to set you up with a four-pack of tickets to the Cincinnati Cyclones Puck and Pints Night. Yes, this oh. is very fun, Jeff. You can take your dog there. That's this Saturday, April 1st at the Heritage Bank Center. We'll have all the details and your chance to win coming up next on Q102. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I spent too much time and energy on small decisions. Like I was at Popeye's Fried Chicken just having lunch. It's a treat for me, so I'm trying to maximize I'm evaluating every combo that they offer. I'm trying to find the highest ratio of satisfaction to cost. During my analysis, this dude walks in, no hesitation. He orders one breast, two biscuits, and a soda. This is not a combo at all. He saved no money on that order. I was in shock. I was like, dang, you up in Popeye's ordering a la carte right now? Man, I want to be that rich one day. That's my dream. One day, I want to walk into Popeye's and just start freestyling. <laughs> just off the top. Don't even look at the menu. You just drop me a beat. I'm going to order from the heart. Hashing <laughs> Wang on uh, ordering at Popeye's from his sweet and juicy Netflix special, Cincinnati's Q102. So we did a did a bit of a little road trip back from Florida this past couple of days. We uh, we left Fort Lauderdale Saturday morning, and we kind of took our time. We sort of leisurely made our way to the west coast of Florida, spent a night there, and then from there we went up to Atlanta to uh, to meet uh, Kristen Son Auto for dinner. Oh, nice. How did that go? It was good. I mean, it was all very rushed. You know, we were just kind of here for a few hours and then we'd sleep. It's hard when you're on the road. On. Yeah. Yeah. But I discovered something on Sundays. As you know, Chick-fil-A is closed. I did know that. So we're like, all right, you know, well, because that's kind of my regular go-to. I'll get like, I like that Cobb salad they have with that avocado ranch dressing. Yes, you eat that almost every single day. Almost every single day. Yeah. Even when you're not working, it is just a part of the routine. Well, it's my Monday through Friday routine. Yeah. Weekends, I kind of. Go wherever. Yeah. Well, okay. I have to because Sundays, they're closed. You know? Yeah. But it's an interesting phenomenon. When a place like Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays, all the surrounding fast food places cannot handle the volume. Especially if they're right off the highway mm -hmm. and, and there's a certain level of customers that Chick-fil-A 
knows how to handle, man. They got the traffic situation down. They know oh, how yeah. to handle, like, long lines, and they got people out there that are taking orders. I mean, you barely right. even pull in there, and they're like, hey, hey, you, what do you want? They see that line starting to back up, and I see three people coming out the door. Oh, I'm yeah. not kidding, to take orders. They're very proactive, mm-hmm. right? So, in the event that they're closed, as is the case on Sundays... These places right off the interstate, I won't mention some of the other bigger fast food places, they're like, oh, God, what do we do? They're jam-packed, and they're, those lines aren't moving, and they're understaffed, and I, I don't know how they're, what they're doing different or what the issue is, but we went to one place, and we stood there. We went inside because we used their restroom with the intention of ordering food. And then after we use the restroom, we get in line, and which was long. That's okay. It's lunch rush. And they were with the same customer for 12 minutes. Oh, no. One person, one cashier. You but know, nice because people. because the customer doesn't know what they want to eat, or was it just... The customer the- had like a $27 order, so I'm sure that played into it. But the fact that the line was as long as it was, they had one cashier working the inside... And the drive through wasn't moving. It just wasn't their day. I'm sure very no. nice people, but not enough of them. That's the So challenge. we're like, you know what? We, we, we're going to be here all day. So we go to the place next, next door, door, right? Same exact situation. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the employee shortage, too. I'm sure that has a lot to do with yeah. it. But something tells me if Chick-fil-A had been open on that day, it would have been a different story. Just saying. They might have been cranking them out of there, buddy. I think so. Anyway, that's why I, th- I just, I love that Shang Wang thing. Like, people who just know what they want. And that's the other thing. How long are you standing in line? And then they finally say to you, it's your turn. How can I help you? Okay, what do you guys want? Yeah. Can I ta- can I have a minute? Oh, my Sometimes, God. Like, and I, I think it's from all of the years of me working the drive through at Wendy's that I am like, this is how you order. You pull up. And you say, hi, welcome to Wendy's. Can I take your order? I would like a number one with this drink. Don't say four number ones, one with Coke, one with whatever, one, 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 because they have to enter it in individually. Right. So order whatever you want, the way you want it, with the drink you want, on to the next person. What you want, the way you want it, the drink you want. Mm. Well, now McDonald's has got this thing where... Uh, let's say you order like their McCrispy chicken sandwich, which is kind of like they're sort of going after Chick-fil-A. They're trying to capture some of the Chick-fil-A overflow with their McCrispy because it's very similar. It's got like two pickles and it doesn't have anything, but you can get it Customized. as a deluxe where you could have like, say, mayonnaise, lettuce, and tomato added to it, or maybe some cheese or something, or you can have it spicy. So if the McCrispy, let's just say, I, I, I don't know because I don't have a McDonald's menu in front of me, but let's just say for the sake of argument that the McCrispy is number four on the McDonald's drive through menu, do you want 4A, which is original, 4B, which yeah. is like the spicy, 4C, which would be the deluxe. Right. So you no longer say, I'll have the number two. Now you say, I'll have the number 4C or the number 2B. Yeah. Jeff is a fast food enthusiast. So here. it offers you flexibility in the drive through it does. My expectations are so low. Pulling into <laughs> any one of those things, I fully expect 15 minutes in the wrong food. Yeah. <laughs> but I just know. come to accept it in I've life. Just that's the challenge, it. too. Yeah. And yeah. Th- I mean, that's the challenge, too, I think. Like, I was in a drive-thru the other day, and I ordered a sweet treat for my kid. And she, I give her the bag of whatever, and she's like, but what about my sweet treat? And I was like, oh, I forgot they even gave it to us. So then I opened the bag. I'm like, there's no... 
nuggets in here. There's no sweet treat in here. There's no straw in that bag. Right. And it's like they want me to get off their drive through timer, but I'm like, you're missing half of my stuff. See, I, I have PS, PTSD from those days because when I get my stuff from Chick-fil-A, they hand me the bag, and I, I actually take a second, and I look inside the bag to make sure that I got my fork, I got my dressing, and I got my straw, and that it's the right order. It's never wrong, but it's just, it's PTSD that causes yeah, me to do that do it. and check it. And they, you know, they're kind of looking at me like, dude, moving along, buddy. Yeah. You know, we don't screw up. Like, we got this. No, I know. It's just, it's baggage. Yes. It's my <laughs> it's, own situation. Sorry. Uh, okay. So people were originally called fans in sports. You, you know why they call, like, where the word fan came from? You know, you know I'm a fan of this. I'm a fan of no, that. I'm a sports fan. I actually don't. It Because it's shortened form of fanatics. Oh, that, okay, yeah. But now they imply two different things. You can say you're a fan but still struggle to name more than a player or two on your favorite team. But a fanatic could rattle off specific stats dating back years. Well, yeah, because you can be a fan of something and not know a ton about it. I would occur with, like agree with that. Okay. Yeah. But it's the same word is the I, point yeah, you're making. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't really need to know all the statistics on stuff. So they asked a fanatic... Hey, if you had an opportunity to see a really big game that was important to you involving your team, how far, like how long would you be willing to travel? Not how far, but how long would you be willing to travel? And the average sports fanatic says that they would trek five hours, 48 minutes to see a big game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why you're a fanatic. I am a fanatic. We drove to uh, New Orleans a couple times for some Sugar Bowl games. Yeah. So that's probably 10 or 11 hours. Oh, yeah. Uh, 45% of sports fanatics say they've actually traveled out of the country to see a game. Which is what happens a lot with, like, soccer or, you know, like... When the Bengals played played in in London. London, Mm -hmm. Or we have the Patriots playing... Over there in Germany. Although sometimes? I wonder how many of them are just like hockey fans traveling in and out of Canada. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. Well, we did go years ago. My dad and I, um, the whole fam went up to the International Bowl, which is UC was playing in it. Mm-hmm. And so we went into Toronto, right? I think that's where it was. Yeah. Yeah, where the Blue Jays played. We right. went to watch their bowl game up there. That was fun. Yeah, I, that that is fun. Like when you make it, you, you sort of parlay a vacation into mm-hmm. the uh, surrounding the event. So you're doing more than just going to the game. You're actually spending some time there, you know? Totally. Yeah. 45% of sports fanatics say they've traveled out of the country to see a game. And 52% of fanatics say they have, a, they have a favorite team and aren't just crazy about one sport or one city. And about the same percentage of those people say they watch every single one of their team's games which would be a, a much bigger commitment for Major League Baseball and the NBA than, say, Yes, football. and, like, college basketball, stuff like that. It's, right. There are less games for football and college football. Yeah. Uh, Jamie said uh, they drove to Kansas for the championship game this year. Oh, nice. Ooh, day. Yes, a lot of people took that trip out to Kansas. Yeah. And, I mean, we flew to L.A. last year to go to the Super Bowl. Did you say that the Bengals are playing in Germany this year? No. Oh. There are other teams that are playing in Germany oh, this gotcha. year. 
Well, actually, I don't know if exactly they are or not because they haven't issued the exact schedule yet, but they have announced which teams are going overseas. So the thing is, is that the Bengals technically, I think, could be playing overseas, but we would be like an away team or something. I don't know. Gotcha. I think I remember reading about that, but I haven't looked at the logistics of it in a while. Hey, before I go any further, I'm not supposed to be doing something here at 740, right? No, you That's have going. a contest at 9 a.m. today, 9 Jeff. 9 a.m., got it, got it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for you. Kelly Clarkson. I've been Kelly out a couple Clarkson. days. I'm a little bit out of the behind. country a couple Wait. of days. Am I, I supposed to be doing days. something? <laughs> I don't well, the reason you feel that way is because we normally would have our secret sound contest or some other contest at this time. Yeah, yeah we did that long enough that it became a habit. Mm-hmm. Feels weird not doing anything right. Okay, Kelly Clarkson, around 9 o'clock. In the meantime, what is the number one thing that airlines could do to make flying more enjoyable? And don't think too hard about it because artificial intelligence already did the legwork. I also put this up on the Jeff and Jen on Q102 Facebook page. And a lot of people are weighing in on what their answer would be. Yeah, a professor at the University of Missouri had had an AI program analyze 400,000 customer reviews for the six major airlines. So, I mean, these are coming from people. AI just analyzed it, basically, and sort of grouped them, grouped them together. And here are the 11 suggestions it came up with. The number one at the very top of the list was more flexible seating arrangements. Issues with seating were one of the most common complaints it saw. And I just heard Jen complaining about that very same issue a week ago. Yeah. Also, I don't really know, like most of the people on our q or our Jeff and Jen Facebook page are talking about seating. They're like more leg room, more room, you know, seating space, eliminate the middle seat, stuff like that. I do understand this one too. Like I think loading the plane back to front is always one that I feel like people are like, why? Why do we road it? load the plane front to back? Like first class, yeah, you're paying more. Get on, get your hotel, your drink. But then other than that, they start with that row one through whatever and then eight through whatever. They used to load it from the back. They don't anymore. I wonder why. I don't know why because it does Maybe feel it's like. The, it's the classes like you got first class followed by comfort class. Right, which is fine. But I think so once you get to like row 10 isn't really like road 10 through 30 or whatever just kind of general op- boarding open at that whatever. point yeah i don't know and with everyone ch- not checking their bags these days there's not yes. enough space for everyone's bag so the last people to get on the plane come in with their bag and then there's nowhere to put it or yes. it's 20 rows away from where they're sitting and then they have and to then go when, all the way back and then when the it's time to, to leave yeah yeah so you know, in the past, like, 10 or 20 years, I've flown Delta, Alaska Airlines, uh, Singapore Airlines, Thai Airways, Air France, EasyJet. And I think with the exception of EasyJet, every single one of those airlines, like when I was booking it, had, like, a seat map where we could choose our seat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, they have those. You just have to pay for it. That's something that a lot Is of... Is that a new thing? 
I don't know how new it is. Well, I you just gotta know. You got to pay to pick your seat. Yeah. I've never been charged to pick my seat. Well, that might be because of the airline you're flying or because of you have a certain airline card that's allowing you to hmm. do that. But some flights, you know, if families want to sit together, you have to pay to have your seating together. Or you can call. That's a money grab. Or you can call the airline and say, hey, can you put us all together? But I do know, I mean, if you want to pick certain things, they make you pay more money depending on where you're sitting. How about self-cleaning bathrooms? Now, that would be lovely. I thought they, didn't they, don't they have like some UV system in there? Like I notice when you close the door, there's like a UV glow that comes from the inside of the bathroom. Someone told me that that's how they sanitize it now. Oh, I don't hmm. believe that. No, or is that just a Delta thing? I don't know. No? I don't know. I've flown some discount. Did I dream that? Am I Maybe. making that up in my head? I'm not sure, but I've flown some discount airlines that the bathroom, like some of the fellas must have hit a little turbulent and it was pee everywhere. It was just gross. Ew. Why they, didn't they clean it up? Well, they Because yeah, some people, come on, people. Some people just can't. They just, it's not who they are. So then they had to tell the flight attendant and she had to go in there with the gloves and the wipes and it was just a whole big thing. Uh, there was another one here. It's personalized comfort setting. So you could do things like change the height of your seat or the temperature of the air coming from your overhead vent. Uh, okay. That's nice, but it's not going to happen. Uh, it's not going to Yeah, happen. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Redesign the overhead bins. Maybe some more bags or bigger bags would fit. I was actually impressed. Again, Delta Airlines, we didn't check our bags. In the spirit of Tim Timmerman, we just carried them on. Carried them on. Like savages. There is something liberating about that. The last time I flew to you New just York. just walk right the hell out of that building. Well, just get me out of here. Get me to, to the warmth the or wherever I'm going. The last time I went to New York with the Broadway and Cincinnati people, it was during the summer. So the clothes, like you didn't need as much space in your suitcase for yep. the clothes. So I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to carry on because it's New York. I mean, what can you not get 24-7 all the time? We cr we crammed in two, three big suitcases yeah. in, in that little overhead space plus two bags, and it fit. Yeah. You must have been in a different class than uh, the rest of us. It also depends on the plane you're on. If it's mm -hmm. a bigger plane, the, the things are bigger. Like yeah. when you go to Europe, you can put a... A oh, you could put so ridiculous. much stuff up there, but if you're just on some little jet hopping an hour, you know they're not quite. They're as not big. as big and roomy. Uh, use analytical models to optimize flight schedules so that there would be fewer delays. Uh, use AI to monitor equipment and reduce mechanical delays. More flexible booking policies like no cancellation fees and being more upfront about prices in general. Yeah, this trip we're taking in Norway. I did. Set the tickets so that they would be refundable in case our plans changed or we had to. Something crazy happens something in Europe. Something crazy happens in Europe or in our family or who knows what. Sure. You just, it, you know, it's a big expense. And so I kind of want the flexibility of if we got to pivot mm -hmm. or heaven forbid cancel that we can do that without losing a ton of money. Uh, giving ticket agents more performance-based feedback and social praise to boost morale and improve customer service. Uh, keep track of luggage by putting trackers on every suitcase. Isn't that what that little sticker thingy is? I think so, but maybe... Delta does that. They On the app, it alerts you and says, hey, yeah. your bag is on. But you can try to have a little map on the app. Right, but not all airlines do that. I mean, I, I think they're supposed to, like, scan in the baggage, but it's not necessarily that they're alerting you that it's on there. If there is any issue with your baggage, you should get a text 
And number 11, speed up the TSA line by using biometrics like face recognition to ID everyone. Obviously, some people are going to be weirded out by that. They don't want the the big brother, the government, having your biometrics. I'm guessing they probably already have it. Mm-hmm. But it would be faster than showing your boarding pass and ID. It is kind of where we're moving to. I mean, if anybody who's who uses clear. Yep. That's what that is. Yeah, and they've really been pushing clear, too, when you fly now. Like, if there's a line, they're like, you want to sign up for free clear? Sign up for clear. Come on in, clear. You save. I mean, you save a ton of time that but way, especially during work? spring break. How does it work? It's like $90 a year or something like that? or Yeah, something like I mean, I, I don't know the exact amount. You'd have to look it up. But, yeah, I mean, you pay like 100 something dollars a year. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, you walk into the airport like we did. We didn't check anything. So we avoided that bleep show mm-hmm. walked in walked all the way to the tsa line but instead of going through tsa line we just showed our boarding pass which was on my phone walked up to the clear thingy took did a little iris scan and was like yep okay it's you and then they escorted me right to the front of the line and there you go yeah the guy didn't even need to see an id he just needed to see my boarding pass and she said he's clear and I was in from car to the tram, seven minutes. See, that must be, that's probably really good for people that fly a lot, though, too. Uh-huh. Like, if you have a family of four, you'd be paying, what, $400 to fly the whole family clear? Yeah, and if, if you, you all, go, like, if one y'all time, don't, right, that it's not really worth it. might not be worth it. Yeah. But you travel a lot. It's probably really great for you. Yeah, I mean, you got it needs to be worth your while, mm-hmm. depending on how often you travel. Um, okay, coming up, we got to take a quick break. Uh, I can squeeze this in. We got time. If, if you saw someone walking down the street in these, you might think it was some kind of glitch in the Matrix, but a fashion brand in New York has invented a new shoe that you can actually wear backwards. No matter which end you put your foot in, it's still functional footwear. And I'm not talking about Crocs. We need those for, like, little kids who put their, like, I'm going to do my shoes by myself, Uncle Tim. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. And then they put them on the wrong feet. And I'm like, you got them on the wrong feet? I don't care. Yeah, no big deal. Okay, well. All right. All right, bud. If you wear them like normal, they're an open-toed sneaker, which, you know, that alone is kind of weird. But if you wear them the other way, they're sandals. But it looks like you've got oh, your shoes on okay. backwards. Okay, this makes sense to me. You can Google it if you want to see what they look like. They're called the BWD shoe, which is short for backward. BWD. I assume it's short for backward. It's from the brand Mischief, which is spelled M-S-C-H-F. They're the same company selling those big red boots to make that make you look like a cartoon character. <laughs> so they, they kind of specialize in weird stuff. But their new backward shoes will cost $135. And supposed to hit their website on April 11th, if you're interested. Okay. Quick break. Coming up. Botox in your forehead actually makes you worse at reading other people's emotions. <laughs> well, that's a true story. We'll explain how they came to that conclusion. Plus, the five smells around the house Americans hate the most is your news that didn't make the news continues. First, Denise, as your latest traffic. Thanks for listening. 
to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy.